0: Second place, I hope that we create a place and a room of grace, and I hope that we have kind of like a genuine spirit about us and we're able to share, and, uh, and I hope that that's the environment we're creating. I believe that it is, and I hear from you that that's how you guys feel too. But I'll tell you, um, you know, I know there may be some folks listening online, there may be even pastors listening online, and they're not going to probably say what I might say which is there's days when I wake up when I don't want to be the lead pastor of second place. Is that a shocker? I mean, every pastor that's out there would probably wish they would say that or wish they could say that, but there's honestly days when I'm just kind of over it. And today's topic, the thing that we're talking about, is probably the primary reason why I want to bail sometimes. And um, I'm just being real. Is that okay? Um, I think the best way to understand kind of the topic and what makes me just want to like just park this thing and be done is really by just us just being awkward and reading a slide together. So I have this slide that um, we're going to read this and um, we're going to try to read it together, all right, do the best we can. Hopefully there's like two or three of us by the end that are still hanging out, all right. So here we go. One, two, three. You can do it. You can say stop. You guys aren't even talking. All right. Ready? I'm going to say one, two, three, and then you have to help me out. All right. One, two, three. You can do it. You can say anything you want. Live your life and I'll live mine any way I want. You can have and you can take anything you want, but everything that you do, make it what you want. Anything you want anything i want you can do and you can say anything you want but everything that you do make it what you want you guys are awesome that was amazing it didn't quite sound like this though so take a listen to this real quick you can do and you can i mean you guys didn't rap it quite the same if anybody needs to get up and do a little move because they're tired and they're getting sleepy, you can do one of these. But that's as far as we go. Alright, this is home if you've seen Hitch, alright? This is home. You're not none of the other stuff.
1: You can do and you can say anything you want, but everything that you do make it what you want.
0: Yeah, great, right? That's so amazing. You guys could have done so much better. Alright, now, huh, where did that come from? Let's watch it again.
1: You can do and you can say anything you want. Live your life and I'll live mine any way I want. You can have and you can take anything you want. But everything that you do make it what you want. Anything you want, want, and, and, and I want, I want. You can do and you can say anything you want. But everything that you
0: do make it what you want. Okay, do I need to preach today? (laughs) Literally, that's a commercial for a sandwich. (laughs) Culture, right? Culture. It is all about consuming, not just Subway sandwiches either, but um, new sponsor of the Chalker Center in faith-believing, Subway president. All right, so, um, no, it's, it's just, this is culture, right? This is, this is what we get discipled in 167 hours a week, and then we come here one hour a week, and we're actually taught about and reminded about what it is that we're really supposed to be focused on. And the problem, and the thing that makes me want to quit so many times is the fact that, man, the entire world is just all about getting more. It's all about consuming more. It's all about having more. And we've talked about that the last couple of weeks. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the whole idea of me first. You know, it's all about me. It's all about the whole world centers around me. What do do I want? What do I need? Last week, we talked about what do I have? All my stuff. I want the good stuff. I want the cool stuff. I want the nice stuff. I want to have stuff. And none of the stuff goes with us. And this week, it's just this idea of consuming and this idea that, man, the, the culture is really discipling us to consume more and more and more and more. And here's the trick. When that attitude, and we, you know, Scripture says to be in the world but not of it, and it's difficult for us sometimes to figure out, even though we may have put Jesus first, how do we be in a culture but not of the culture? We're living and we're breathing it, and it's constant, right? And so sometimes, when we even though we've put Jesus first, we end up becoming consumers as well. And we're out there in the world, and we're living, and we're doing our thing, and we're working our job, we're going to school, whatever we're doing, and we're consuming, and we don't even realize, like, binge-watching. We're consuming. We're consuming um, all of the media. We're consuming all of the stuff. And I think the piece that's really, really tough for us, and I'm going to throw us all in the same bucket, is that when we bring that attitude of consuming into the church... That cultural norm, which is consume, this is what can you get out of church. What do you need? Because that's what you need to figure out. So you end up showing up to church not with what you can maybe give or how you can bless someone. You think and you're like, man, I hope Job pulled out a good one. I hope he went to the cave and got a good word, you know, because I'm really feeling empty. I hope that Josh really picked out some cool new songs, you know, or maybe he's an old one for once in a while so I know what the words are because I really need the Spirit of the Lord today to just come down and inhabit the praises of his people because I'm feeling empty. And, and we come to this idea that we're, man, what can I get? And so we're like, man, I sure hope, man, that next set of equip classes, man, I hope that they looked into their little Jesus crystal ball and said, you know what? I know what they really want is they're going to want a class on underwater basket weaving. We're going to offer that. And you're like, that's exactly what I wanted, Lord. And it's all just jives together. And it's all for me. And and you can become just inundated to where you're actually spending lots and lots and lots and lots of time strategizing about what it is that not only you want, but what your friends want and what you want from church. Anything you want, anything I want, make it what you want. And I think when we take that attitude to church is where it gets very, very tricky. Because we weren't made to consume. Our new, our new nature, our new identity isn't... See, you can do a couple of things with culture. You could do a couple of things. One is you could consume it. And another is you can critique it. And I don't think anybody in the room, and I think you know for us that critiquing culture isn't really the best thing that I think that we really want to do because it creates separation and isolation from culture. It's kind of like you get to be known for what you're against, not what you're for. You're just, you just become kind of like... I don't know, ostracized, off to the side, and you're just not really relevant to the culture anymore. So I don't think we want to just critique it and point fingers about how bad it is. It's pretty obvious. But I think consuming it is where we kind of like settle in sometimes. But there's something else that we can do, and the thing that I am motivated to get back up here and to go after it again is when I see glimmers of hope. Things like um, what happened at our Wednesday night students group this past week. Um, I'm going to have Hope and Corey, if Corey's around. Yeah, come on, bro. Get up, get up, man. Let's go. And uh, I think you can grab this mic. I think it's going to work. Um, awesome. So what I want you guys to know is uh, we kind of had a typical Wednesday approach get completely thrown on its head. And what we did, instead of telling the students, here's the video that you're going to watch, and we're going to give you the questions you need to discuss, and we're going to give you some time to worship God, what we said is, why don't you create something? And so we broke them into teams, and they were given one hour. They were given a magazine, um, outreach magazine, where they were to thumb through that, get ideas, get some inspiration, and they needed to come up with five outreach ideas, they needed to prioritize those, and needed to kind of hammer through the first couple two or three, to see, like, what would it take to actually get this idea off the ground? And so um, the coaches, the, uh, like the, the adults that were in the room, were required to be silent for the first 30 minutes or they would be put on timeout. How about that? That was amazing. Dude, those are your notes, man. So Corey and, uh, and Hope, uh, Corey's a senior, Hope is a junior, and they're just going to talk you through their, uh, their top idea or the one they like the most. So Corey, hit it.
2: So our group's big thing our number 1 outreach program thing was human trafficking prevention week and we know that human trafficking prevention is an entire month but Jordan Mitchell has the 5k and our idea is to have leading up to the 5k certain events that will raise even more money so you'll have like monday and tuesday be a concert and like students here and The band here will worship and gather even more money and then Wednesday and Thursday and Friday would be like sports tournament and people who wanted who want to come and support and like give money can and like even participate and then Saturday would be the 5k and once the 5K's all over, we're gonna have a whole week to look back and like, this is how much money we raised and just put it to good use.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Corey.
2: So
1: our group came up with um, an idea about uh, renewing grandparents' place and purpose within the church. And I think that it's very important to include grandparents because I think sometimes we can just push them aside and be like, we're the youth, we're paving the way, we're the ones, we're the new generation, you know. It's all about the things that we can do with our skills and when we think about it, it's actually our grandparents and the ones that have come before us that have really paved the way and started um, started everything. That we, we wouldn't be here without a lot of the things that they've done. In Created before our time, and so I think that um, with our idea of bringing the grandparents in, and they still have so much wisdom and knowledge to instill in us, and I think that um, that was what we were really trying to go for was cultivating the grandparents and bringing them in, and having them, you know, mentor and um, give us the wisdom and understanding that they have um, and have about life.
0: Come on now. All the grandparents are like, yeah, let's go. Okay, put that right in there. Awesome. So I don't know about you, but how many of you came into church today, came to the warehouse and said, you know what? I was hoping to hear an idea that I might be able to partner up with a couple of students from high school and be able to make an idea happen for them. I don't know, but this is the type of stuff that really is inside of us supernaturally if we tap into it. And, and I want to invite um, Sarah and Rachel up here because um, they have been spearheading and been on the front lines of starting the Child Care Center. And I wanted them to have an opportunity to kind of give you another example of creating culture because we're not going to critique, we're not going to just consume and kind of have blinders on, but we're going to create culture. And this, honestly, this whole idea is creating a completely new culture for this community that I think I'm definitely excited about. So hit it.
3: Hey guys, I'm Rachel and this is Sarah. As Joe said, (laughs) we are kind of overseeing this whole new project that Second Place is delving into here with the Child Care Center. Not a lot of people know this, but every year um, the countries are ranked based on how well they're doing in education. uh, That's all based on a standardized test. So, America is a super awesome, great country, right? Who loves America? Woo! Are we like the best ever? We're so great. Well, we're really rich and we really should be pretty great because we have a lot of resources compared to other countries. What number do you think, where do you think that the US falls on this list? Number one, number two? 15, 18, okay, well, I'll reveal that in a second. I wanna talk about the top four. Um, So number one was Finland. They do really, really well. Um, Two is Japan, and then South Korea, and then um, Denmark. The US is number 20. How? You guys feel good about that? No, we're better than that, I think. We should be, at least. (sighs) Since uh, we were trying to tackle this childcare thing, I really wanted more experience before I took the reins over here. So I got a job working in childcare for about six months. I was a preschool teacher this past year. And while I was there, I realized how great I had it and what a good childhood I had. I was homeschooled. My parents were really, really involved in my life. And they really cared about me and directed me very well. And they brought me to church every week. And I thought that most kids probably had parents that loved them and took care of them until I became a teacher. And I realized that that's not actually how things work, and that a lot of kids are just dropped off at school from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. to be taken care of by other people. And then they go home, and they do whatever they do in the evening and go to bed, and they really only spend five hours a day with their parents while they're conscious and awake. And that in itself is pretty sad, um, but our culture and society is pretty sad as well because like Joe was saying with the consumerism, it seems like that applies to kids too, almost like they're not people, they're things that we have and we just kind of throw around and take with us and check out my new kid that I have in this new carrier here. Um, but. A couple examples I can think of is uh, one time I took my class to the park, and my class were three and four-year-olds. And one of the three-year-olds was having a hard time, and uh, he was throwing wood chips and rocks at the other kids. So I had to pull him aside and talk to him, and I was going to have him sit alone to think about it for a minute. And as I was talking to him, He got really angry, and he cussed me out, a three-year-old. That was a first for me. (laughs) Um, He essentially said that, you're not the boss of me. You can't tell me what to do. I'm going to tell my mom on you, and she's going to call the police, although he used very much worse words than that. And I was absolutely shocked and flabbergasted. Um, I'd done childcare a lot before, but it was in my circle my safe Christian circle where kids don't talk that way and they don't act that way and so that was really eye-opening to me of just like how bad it really is and how much these kids really do need to be loved and they need the Lord and even when you would tell the parents about what had happened they were like completely unfazed like yeah your kid cussed me out okay, I'll, I'll talk to them. They really didn't. They wouldn't do that. But what a difference it makes when you do grow up in the church and with God and, and with faith and you have hope. But without God, parents can't even parent their children. There's no discernment or wisdom. There's no joy and no peace. And it's really, really a sad state of affairs when that's, The environment kids are put into to learn. And so another experience I had was uh, as I was leaving, when I had to leave that job to work a little harder around here, um, there was one family in particular that had a a rough background and the kids had a lot of issues because of it, speech delays, social-emotional delays, so they would have some behavioral issues. And so before I left, I gave that mom my number because I figured with the transition to the new teacher, that child would have a really tough time and I wanted to be able to help in any way I could to make that transition easier. And so I never expected to hear from them again, and it was really sad and really hard to move on because I loved those kids and I was going to miss them. But one day, about a month after I had left, I got a call and it was the mom and she was very desperate. The kids, she had three of them in the daycare, had been kicked out because of their behavioral issues. They needed trauma counseling and they weren't in counseling. She doesn't have money, just Medicaid. And they turned her away. They said, your kids can't come here anymore and she has to work every day to support her kids. And if she doesn't work, she doesn't eat. And so she had no money for counseling and when they sent her away and they shut that door on her, she didn't know where else to turn. She said, I asked them, okay, where do I get counseling? And nobody would give her any resources, no one would help her, so she called me And, of course, I knew nothing about counseling either. But I said, you know, I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to look into that and get back to you. So I did, and um, the kids are now plugged into a new school. They're uh, about to start their counseling. And I got to reestablish that relationship with the family, not as a teacher, but as a friend. And that has been so cool to see how they're growing through that. And the mom always says to me, you know, I don't have any money to give you. Why do you do this? Why do you take the time to meet with me and take care of these things? And I said, well, believe it or not, I really love your kids and I want them to succeed. And that's what drives me. I don't need money to drive me like that. But anyway, through this whole experience, I've really said, you know, Sarah, we need to keep going. Let's get the ball rolling. These kids need us. They need a good environment where we can speak freely about our faith because these children and these families need Jesus. They need to be plugged in like we are. And uh, I want them to have the same experiences that I got to have growing up and to be surrounded by that same love. And so... Um, we are moving forward with this uh, child care center, which I'm very, very excited about. And uh, we're gonna reveal the name today. We're calling it Natural Discovery Early Learning Center because that's kind of the theme we're going with, very natural, very nature, but also it speaks to our philosophy that we want the kids to be able to discover, not only learn, or be fed facts all day, but to be able to discover a joy for learning and learn about things in their own way, naturally. Um, So anyway, that's what we're doing. We want it to kind of look like this. This is our theme we're going for, very woodsy and natural and I'll let you
4: so we decided that we needed to learn from the other schools that were ranked higher. And so um, we're not going to follow suit of what's not working. We would rather follow what is working. And um, the beautiful thing is that we get to marry it with God's word. Um, we're going to be able to take some philosophies and things that are, are, are proven to, to work. But we also know that we have to have that grounded in the word. So um, Philippians 1, 9 and 10 says, okay, now I know I'm getting old because I have to find the light so I can actually read this. Wow. Oh, this is so sad. Um, okay, I think I'm better. Oh, I can read it off the screen. That's probably better. But I wanted you to know it was actually from the Bible, not just, okay, we're going to go with that. Um, <laughs> I pray that you, your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. We know that it's from the love that Jesus has shown us, that, that, that love that we've been given. You're going to need that slide up for me for a minute because I clearly can't read it from the Bible. Um, we know that from that love that it's what overflows and keeps us growing in knowledge and understanding. And I think that's really important for us to understand that we don't stop learning. We don't stop growing in knowledge and understanding, but it's from the love of Jesus that we understand what we're supposed to be growing in and learning in because we're wanting to make him big. So God doesn't want us stupid. He doesn't want us like, you know, just down here not being able to think for ourselves. But he wants us to recognize that that all comes from him. And so um, as we move forward with this, this child care center, it's really from the, the heart of knowing that we're going to be teaching math. We're going to be teaching science. We're going to be teaching all of these subjects that they're naturally gravitating towards because he built us with that desire. And so Christ is woven in through everything. It's not just uh, a, a time that we teach Bible. It's the nine thirty, nine forty-five time slot. It's that Jesus is part of everything that we do. So um, as we dream about playgrounds out this area here, we're just praying blessings over that. And that landlord is just going to say, yes, take all the land you want. Make that thing as big as you want. It's going to be so full of life and not big old plastic things. It's going to be full of, Wood and trees and mud kitchens and um, tires and fun life just discovering. And um, the kids will be dirty. They will. I just, I I won't even apologize for it. Dirt's good. Y'all need to probably play in the dirt. Just try it. Like you get that under your nails and you're like alive. It's just a good thing. And so uh, we are going to just be trying to bring that outdoors in as much as possible. The kids are going to be outside um, and then bring them in. So this is some of the provision that we have seen God um, do for us. I have wanted to walk away from this project numerous times. Um, I get tired, and so God brings young blood, and that's why we will always be grateful for college students showing up here um, because you propel visions and you propel dreams that we – get weary in and go, it's too much. There's just too many hoops. And yet um, God made provision for these walls to come down. We have um, the front rooms up there. They used to be offices when they built the building. And we said, no, those are not classrooms. And so um, we have natural light going throughout all of the rooms. Um, and then I think we have the um, mural. How cute is he, that whale? Um, so we had college students donate their time to come in and paint this mural in the bathroom, and then the mural on the right is something that was drawn for our high school, our junior high and high school boot camp last summer. And the kids, I don't even know how many hours we have between adults and students that have been painting on that—lots and lots of hours—and it's a very, very cool mural. Um, just to be able to to see that God creates, we create. It's it's how He built us. Um, and then we have. Um, so the table looks really small there. It is a small table. It's for children. And it has, um, <coughs> it has uh, these wooden things that have crayons all in it. Someone made us these crayon holders out of tree branch. It's awesome. And then those tables um, were all donated. We have five of those tables that were given to us, and they're about $250 a piece. Um, then this middle one is a mural that's going – we painted it brown, and it didn't look very pretty. And then someone came in and made it look like a tree. It's amazing how creative people are. And then those are going to be sensory and interactive cutouts on that whole wall. And then to the right is a picture of, man, I wish I could just explain how much stuff. A Lutheran church got Rachel's name. Someone knew someone, your aunt, and said, hey, would you be interested in stuff? And Rachel's like, yes. And I'm like, what? Wait, if we say yes, does that mean we're saying yes, like yes? Yes. Okay. so um, they donated us thousands of dollars worth of things, like books and um, cubbies. We have five of those middle ones. Those are about $250 a piece. We have five of those. The ones on the end are about $500 a piece, and we have five of those. Um, We have so many books. I was elated. I love books. I might have a book addiction. I I don't know. I don't know, 10 bookcases. But, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's life. Okay. So um, so as this provision is all coming in, you know, I'm still questioning because the need is so great that even the provision doesn't seem enough. And, and that's just my, my human. I'm just being honest here. Don't judge me yet. Okay. So because um, it gets better. So then um, we have the electrician coming in, and he's telling us uh, – his quote for what we need to have done. We have to change out. There's these like big ones. We won't turn on in here because they cost so much every time we turn them on. They're these big old light bulbs. So in the kids' rooms, we can't use them because if they get turned off, it takes 15 minutes for them to come back on. It's just a pain. So we have to get them switched out. He's like, oh, did you know ComEd has a program? And I was like, nope, nope. Didn't know that was a thing. He's like, yeah, I think you should call him. Yeah, it turns out It's a great program, and so um, we will be getting all of the lights in the warehouse switched out to LEDs, and that just makes it more um, cost-efficient for us and more user-friendly. We can turn them on and off and know that they're on or off, and we don't have to wait. They work. Yeah, you don't have to wait 15 minutes. Wait, is it coming on? Um, So uh, that one, they gave us the quote at uh, about $13,000, and then ComEd... um, their their matching program, came in to where we owe $3,600. So, you know, we're just gonna keep talking about that. And then um, Amazon has said, you let us know when you're ready to open. We'll uh, let HR have all that information. And they have about 3,000 employees. Now they'll be up to about 6,000 in September for their Christmas push. And so uh, I want to run away Julie says to me, don't you like chasing lions? I was like, no, lions are scary. We don't chase lions. That's bad. And, um, you know, and it's just that that's why God brings Rachel um, to come and be the director because we're supposed to chase lions. We are. We're not supposed to settle for what's easy. We're not supposed to just go with, all right, let's just go the smooth path here. We're supposed to find where God's at work, and we're supposed to join him there. Um, So... There is still need. We need about $50,000 to finish off um, projects. I I don't understand why things cost so much, but they do. You know, we have concrete floors. They don't really like those with DCFS, so we gotta put some flooring down. Um, We don't want just cheap stuff in there because it will get used, and so um, we're just praying for that provision to come in. And then we need about $100,000 in startup cash. I'm just gonna blow right over that one because, well, you know, what's $100,000 in God's economy? Um, a lot, it turns out. So, <laughs> so we're, we're just, we're, we're taking one step at a time and trusting that this has been over a year um, that, you know, the first conversation with Rachel was, okay, I've taken a lot of classes. They're not really lined up with any particular degree. Let me go see what I can do. And um, God ordained an awesome advisor for her who um, spoke life and just gave direction. And so Rachel had every class that she needed for her associate's degree and then was able to finish up the classes to be director qualified. And um, that's over a year ago and we're just going, why? Okay, but I don't want all of these things to line up because it pushes us out of our comfort zone and yet it's excitement and it's joy to be able to see that we get to change families' lives together. So the reason we've pushed this for so many weeks and the reason we keep bringing this before you is because we're family. And I would never make a decision for my family to take a new job or to move without having a conversation. And we wanted to have the conversation with you guys to know that if we're doing this, we're doing this together. We're moving together. We're not, I don't need this. I don't, I don't need the headaches. I don't need the distress. I've got to be about his business. And this is where God is at work. And I am running, hopefully away from the lion, um, you know, running towards him and just seeing, what God has in store for us, and it's good. He wants to restore families. He wants to bring continuity back to that structure where you have to work, and that's fine, but we can equip you to do both. We can be there so that your family is a unit together and that we're a family that comes around them, and we do this thing together. And so we're just excited that you guys are running with us. And I think if we go together, we got this lion, he doesn't get to win. And um, I'm just grateful to be doing that with you guys.
0: You guys will
3: be out there. Oh, really quick. uh, We do need help (laughs) both monetarily, but also with any ideas you guys have or um, vision, and we also need a lot of employees. You do need to be qualified according to DCFS, not my rules. Um, So if you guys are interested or have any ideas, we will have a table out there set up. Just come and talk to us. We have applications for you to pick up. So anyway, thank you guys so much.
0: You know, I think that I appreciate them doing that. And I think that Moses probably wanted to give up too. So Sarah, so you're in good company. And Paul probably wanted to give up as well. Um, and I wanted just to kind of help us understand, like, what it happens when the people of God, like, kind of like move away and kind of say no to consuming and say, I'm going to create. Um, it'd be a good time to look at Exodus 36. Exodus 36 is when um, the people of God are building the tabernacle, and it says this, They received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring free will offerings morning after morning. So all the skilled workers who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left what they were doing, and they said to Moses, hey, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. And he continues, next slide. Then Moses came, gave an order, and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained... From bringing more because what they already had was more than enough to do all the work. Have you ever been in a church where the guy on stage says, I need you all to stop giving so much? I need to restrain you. Doesn't happen, right? It happened. And, and I think what happens when the people of God, they see that this is now, this is the home of God. This is where they were building the house of God. They were building a place for people to learn about God and to, to even reach out to other cultures. So other cultures will be able to see that this is the one true God that we're serving. And it was awesome. They moved from saying, you know what, it's all about me and what I can get to what I can give and what I can create. What kind of culture can I create? So you're like, ah, Joe, you and your Old Testament got out of here. Okay, cool. Let's go to the New Testament. Paul probably wanted to give up too, and he's talking to the Corinthians about the Macedonian church, and he's like, check these guys out. Now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, everyone say severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Stop yourself. Reread that sentence. Did you see what's in that sentence? That's crazy talk. You're talking about severe trial, overflowing joy, extreme poverty, rich generosity. This is crazy. This is why Paul points them out. He says, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Somebody underline that in their Bible. Look up the original Greek and tell me what that means. How do you give beyond your ability? Like, that is unbelievable. And they did it entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Next slide. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, Jesus first, and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace, on your part. But since you excel in everything in faith and speech and knowledge and in complete earnestness and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Guys, this is the people of God, in the early church. They're saying, you know what? Our purpose of gathering is not for what we can get out of this gathering. Do we get something out of this gathering? Absolutely. But our primary purpose for getting together is for the hope of the world. We're to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Bill Hybels talks about it all the time. He said, he's famous for saying that the local church is the hope of the world. This is what we're all about. And so when we get into a consuming of church stuff, we're going to get inward focused and we're going to gaze at how much lint is in our belly button. And it's not, any, it's not pretty. But when we have God's vision and we understand what God's called us to and our identity is to be a maker, a creator. And you right now, some of you right now have something that you've been back-burnering, an idea, a thought, a business, or whatever it is. And I'm saying right now, I'm praying that the spirit of entrepreneurship just kind of bubbles up out of this place. Because God wants you to create culture where Jesus is first, to be that healing place, that there could be healing that would happen in the dorms, in apartments, in the neighborhood. That you're, Remember the last couple of weeks we found and saw that the stats say that our Christ-centered homes look no and feel no different than those that are in culture. But you know what? I believe that you guys want to create something different because when you get into that creator mode, man, you start to live out of who God has made you to be. There is nothing scarier, as Sarah said, but there's nothing more exciting either. When you show up to church and you say, you know what? I'm showing up to church today, and I'm going to get there, and I'm going to be looking for a need. I'm going to show up to see what I can give. I'm going to be ready to pray with someone because I know that there are people walking in with a crowd this size, That there's people walking in with troubles, struggles, and issues. And I want to be ready to hear that person that might need someone to pray with them. Have you ever come to the warehouse like that? Have you ever come with, and I've known guys like this, with five bucks in your back pocket, just being able to say, you know what, I want to be able to give this $5 to somebody today to say, you know what, I don't have a million dollars. Sarah, I don't have $150,000, but I want to give my $5 to say, I believe in you, Corey. I believe in you, Hope. I believe in your ideas because God is putting that in you guys. So Ben can come up. Um, As we wrestle with this idea, man, I want you guys to really just say, man, what is it that I'm supposed to do? Where am I at with this idea of consuming? Have you blended into culture and basically become no different than culture? Or do you stand out because you've said, you know what, I'm not gonna just put it on autopilot and just gobble up. You know, we're not made to be Pac-Man and just gobble up as many dots as we can, but we've been made to give and to not not only finances, guys, Some of you are just like, man, I don't have anything right now. All I can do is give maybe some time. Man, that's a huge blessing. Maybe you have a talent or a skill, and you're like, that's all I can afford to give right now. That is a huge blessing. But to think and to pray about, God, how is it that I can be a blessing and how I can be the hands and feet of Jesus? Let's stand, and let's get ready to sing. Heavenly Father, God, you are awesome. Thank you, Lord, for dreams and visions and ideas And Lord, thank you for the example of the people of God in the scriptures, Lord God, that show us that, Lord, there was a line that that can be crossed, and that was crossed back then, that says we're not going to keep this stuff anymore, but we're going to give to be able to say, God, we want you to be glorified. We want you to be known and made famous in our community. And Lord, for, for those in that Early church that blows us away, that gave beyond their ability. Lord, help us to understand what that means. Help us understand what it means for us. Lord God, for those things that we have that we're able to give, it doesn't have to be just finances. It might be time or it might be talent or a skill. It might be painting a mural in a bathroom or it might be painting a mural in a kid's room. It might be just helping out in any way that we're able. And so, Lord, I pray right now as we sing that these would be more than lyrics. Lord, that as we sing about the ideas about your sacrifice and we look to you as our model, Lord, that you gave everything. You left the riches of heaven to give it all up for us. Lord, help us to be reminded that that's our destiny as well. That's our purpose is to be a healing balm to the world. We thank you for all this in Jesus' name. So this is when we turn it all over to you. And uh, before I pray, I just want to ask this question. And, you know, maybe for you, something in all this craziness today just kind of called you out and said, you know, you're now going to dream a little bigger. Maybe you say, I'm going to cross that line from consuming to creating. But if you're believing bigger and you have something that you, man, specifically God has laid on your heart, to believe for it and say, you know what? I'm not going to let my the voices in my head that aren't the truth hold me back. But if that's you, you're believing for something bigger than you thought you were when you walked in. Just raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to agree with you for that thing, for whatever it is. I see you guys. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I stand before you, Lord. We thank you for all the blessings, Lord God. And the fact that you're resurrecting something in in us, Lord God, that you're making us new. Lord, as that scripture says, that we're ever growing, Lord God, in our knowledge of you and our wisdom of you, Lord God. And I agree right now with my friends that raise their hand for the bigger dream that they have. Lord God, we call in the networks and the, the favors and the connections and the finances and the team members and the leadership and the volunteering and the followership and all of the The logistics that need to come together for these ideas and these dreams that no longer are we going to think small but we're going to think about creating big for you because Lord there's a world that's hurting and Lord you've called us to reach that world and so Lord I agree with them right now and we call in Lord God and we stand upon your word that where it says where two or three are gathered and Lord when we speak and we pray and we ask in your name according to your will Lord we will have those things So, Lord, we have to understand and we want you to know we get it, Lord, that thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Lord God, that we, the believers, are who carry the will of God from heaven into earth so it becomes reality. Lord God, I pray that our hearts would always be soft towards you. And, Lord, that we would do this for one reason, and that reason is to bring glory and honor to your name. For those families that are going to walk through that that corridor and the one that we walk through now and it's quiet during the week. Lord God, we praise you for the little kids' voices that are going to start coming out of those rooms and for the families that are to come here going to sense the spirit of God in this place and to see that there is hope for their family. So Lord God, we give you all of this. We thank you. Help us to be light in dark places as we go today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, I love you guys. Come back. Historia opens at 4. Movie at 5, invite the skeptics, the atheists. This movie will rock your socks. We'll see you guys tonight at 5. Love you guys.